Amen. Amen. So, the Bible is a unified, uninterrupted story that leads to Jesus. Man, I think we're like on week number 37 or somewhere in the 30s. And that has been a theme of our series. And as we have been reading through our Read Scripture app, we were in the book of Ezekiel. Matter of fact, we finished it up today. We start in Ezra. We'll be going through Ezra this week, peeking in a little bit to Nehemiah. And also reading a psalm every single day. So I really want to encourage you, if you walked in today, we have our bulletins, our, our worship guides that you can grab. They have the reading for the whole week right on there. We also post it online and we also send it in a text message. But every Sunday morning message stems from the reading that we all did together as a group. And I say the word all, meaning it. I say the word all in faith, hoping that we're in our words, reading our Bibles. We're going to talk a little bit about that today, but the message will stem from that. So I'm going to read to you 14 verses from the book of Ezekiel. It's a little bit longer of a portion of scripture than I'm used to reading at the beginning of a message, but we have to have it for the understanding of what we're talking about. Verse number one says, the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of of the valley and it was full of bones then he caused me to 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 pass by them all around and behold there were very many in the open valley and indeed they were very dry everyone say very dry and he said to me son of man can these bones live so I answered O Lord God you know and again he said to me prophesy to these bones and say to them O dry bones hear the word of the Lord. I thought that's pretty interesting. If God wanted anything to be said to dry bones, he said he wanted them to hear the word of the Lord, the one who can bring them back. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinos on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling. And the bones came together bone to bone. Verse 8. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews or sinows or however, that's, I don't even know. Really looks cool. Some of you are like, Pastor, pull it together. And the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. Also he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy son of man and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded. How many of you guys know that's a good prophet right there doing exactly what the Lord commands. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath came into them and they lived and they stood upon their feet an exceedingly great army. I don't know if you work visually but in my mind, I could see all of this beginning to take place. A valley that's barren, that's dry with bones. And all of a sudden, these things begin to take place. And all of a sudden, there, there begins to be skin. And all of a sudden, they, they start to move. This is a powerful, powerful thing. Verse 11, then he said to me, son of man, these are bones, are the whole house of Israel. And they indeed say, our bones are dry. Our hope is lost. And we ourselves are cut off. If you've been with us in the year of the Bible series, this is the story of the children of Israel. God says do, they, they do the opposite. And they always find themselves in trouble. So now even right here, look at the words. Our bones are dry. Our hope is lost. 
we ourselves were, were cut off. Man, there's some powerful truth right here even for today, huh? Wow, we might get into that today. Well, I know we will. It's in the notes. I got it. Verse 12, therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord, behold, oh my people. Oh man, I love this. I will open your graves and cause you to come up from the graves and bring you into the land of Israel. There's God with his promise again, never giving up on his people. Then you shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, oh my people, and brought you up from your graves. I will put my spirit in you and you shall live. Again, I will put my spirit in you in you and you shall live. If you're here this morning and you're spiritually dry, I'm here to tell you, God will put his spirit in you and you will live. If it's been a while since you experienced the presence of God in a way that it shakes you to the core of who you are, the spirit of God is the only thing that will bring you back to life. That's where you should have said amen right there. So I'll wake you up. I'll wake you up today. I will put my spirit in you. God, wake myself up today. And you shall live. Man, I love this. And I will place you in your own land. I feel like I could just read this scripture and at the end close it and be done for the day. Man, this was the land that were promised to the children of Israel. And they kept blowing it. And God says, okay, I'll revive you again. Oh, and by the way, I'll put you back in your own land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord, have spoken it and performed, says the Lord. Today, if you're taking notes, I'd like to speak to you from the subject of stay away from spiritual dryness. Stay away from spiritual dryness. Let's pray so Nate can come off of the guitar and I can keep moving. Father, help in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Thank you very much, sir. All right. So I'm going to give you a disclaimer right off the bat. Just a little bit like last week. Everyone look at me real quick. Say, Pastor, I love you. All right, now I'm going to respond to you. I love you too. Like with everything I got, I love you. I made mention of this last week. I've been sitting on this scripture for two weeks. Um, I know it's probably not popular, and I love California. I'll never leave California. If you're watching and you've left California, that's okay. No harm, no foul. Not saying this statement for that, but I'm here to tell you, I, listen, in California, it's almost like we don't, we don't believe in certain things anymore. I came with two guns, and they're loaded today, okay? <laughs> it's like, Pastor, you shouldn't say that. I'm saying that this morning, okay? I'm telling you, I'm telling you. I've sat on this for two weeks. And there's going to be moments in this message where I am going to press into some things. And two things are going to happen. You will discredit it. As a matter of fact, three things. You will discredit it. You will be offended. Or you will say, preach on, pastor man, preach on. <laughs> How many of you guys know a quiet church is a dead church? So you, you can make noise in church. But listen to me. We're looking at a story here this morning about a group of people who had a promise from God, a word from God, a direction from God, all the things they ever wanted from God, and they did the opposite, and it got them to a place of a dry land and dry bones, and they were dead. Everyone say dead. 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 No breath, no nothing, spiritually dry, completely dead. So what does God do? God calls the prophet, and what does a prophet do? He comes and he speaks on behalf of God. And a prophet sometimes says things so bad 
that they are despised, they are hated, some even killed. Don't kill your pastor today, okay? Don't kill me. But you see in this story, this idea of falling from God. Can we just do real quick? Can you guys just give them the biggest round of applause? I love those little guys right there. They're the best. Um, listen, there's, there, there comes this moment in our, all of our lives, no matter who you are, how long you've been serving God, where if you're not careful, you fall into becoming spiritually dry and numb to the things of God. By a show of hands, if you're brave enough, have you ever been there before? Okay, great. We got some honest people in God's house today. <laughs> Next question. Are you there right now? Ah, less hands. Could be. The great evangelist D.L. Moody understood this when he was asked why he placed such an emphasis on the Holy Spirit. Here's what he said. He said, it's because I leak. He said, I need a daily feeling of the Holy Spirit because I am a leaky vessel. There are things that happen in my day that poke and prod that cause me to leak. And if I don't keep myself full or filled with the presence of God, I've got nothing else to give. And how many of you guys know, when you've got nothing left to give, you are cranky. You are irritable. Matter of fact, you are critical. You are negative. Isn't that amazing how that happens, by the way? Isn't it crazy how you can go to that side very, 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 very quick? We're leaky vessels. All of us are. All of us have times in our lives where the things of God that used to be like top priority in our lives begin to get clouded out. And we're going to get to there in a moment. I believe this to be true if you want to write this down. I believe a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit daily will keep us from becoming spiritually dry. And the reason that I believe that is not just because our men's group meets every single Monday night to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit in the series that we're in, which I find it really awesome, by the way. Not just because of that. I find it because the very thing that Jesus said was coming down when he departed was indeed, in fact, the Holy Spirit. So for me to stay full of God is to stay full of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit leads and guides us in all truth. That's why today you might hear some things that are straight truth, in love, with grace, but also truth. Jesus was even asked one time where, where a lot of, of religious people in the Bible were very good about pointing out truth to people that, by the way, that were sinners, by the way, but they had no grace with it. So a lot of people preach today, well, no, we need to go all completely grace over here. People need grace. People need understanding. People need this. Yes. Yes, they do. But you know what else they need? What Jesus said. And truth. It's grace plus truth. So as people of God, we need people in our lives, whether it's pastors, friendships, spiritual leaders that will say, hey, I want to give you grace, but I also want to give you truth. That's what Jesus did with the sinners when they left him. Jesus didn't say, hey, I give you all my grace. You are forgiven and not challenge him. Jesus did both. He gave them grace, forgave their sin, healed their bodies, and then said, now go and sin no more. What was he saying? Here's the truth. Don't do that. That's what Jesus was doing. Amen? All right, so if that's the case, if I get spiritually dry, it's because I'm doing or not doing some of the things that I should be doing. It really comes down to that. Today is really a very, very simple message in the form of, hey, if I want to stay full of God 
I've got to keep myself spiritually full. I've got to do those things. Now, here's the thing. I've asked this question before in this church. Some of you might remember it. A little recap, okay? I want to ask you a question, and I don't want you to raise your hand. This is just between you and God. You know it. I don't need to know it. No one else needs to know it, okay? I just want you to answer this. Has there ever been a point in your life where you were closer to God than you are right now? Has there ever been a point? Let me get more specific because some of us, maybe we can't answer that. Was there ever a time in your life where you were more passionate about God's word than you are today? Was there ever a point? Was there ever a time in your life where you said, I can't wait to get to church on Sunday. Matter of fact, I'm going to shock the world. I'm going to show up early. I'm going to show up early to church and actually sit inside of the sanctuary. More towards the front, by the way. I want you to get next, next week. Come, come closer, people. But has there ever been a time when you're like, I can't wait to get to church today to get on the first couple rows, four rows? And I might even actually look up at the screen to see what the church is doing because I want to be in community. And I might like that event. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I'll text. Yeah, 805-321-1357. Yeah, I'm going to that one right there. I came early, so I know what's going on. It's amazing. Oh, but man, I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait for that worship team to just get up there and to begin to lead us in to the presence of God. I can't wait to see what Dave's going to see from our weekly reading in the book of Psalms of something that just stood out, that just rocked us to the core. I cannot wait. Matter of fact, when the worship team plays, oh my goodness, I can't wait to sing. I know I can't sing, but I'm going to sing. Can't wait to do it. You remember those days? Listen, when I got saved, then I'm talking about God. I said this last week. God wasn't lost. I was. The song back in that day was, I found Jesus. He wasn't lost. You were been there the whole time. But I remember, man, I'd get to church early. I'd sit in. I'd get my notes. My pastor at the time would have like 15 points with three sub points per point, multiple scriptures. I felt like I was in a Bible class, but I took notes the best I could, and I saved them all, and then I would go back to the sound guy. And I don't know. I mean, we were good back then at this church, and I was like, hey, can I get a recording of the worship on a cassette tape? I'm like, I'll bring you all the cassette tapes you want, sir. And he would record them for me. And the minute I got home, I'd pop it in. Church just got over. But I said, I'm having church when I get home because you guys know my story. My home, my home life was nuts. If I went to my room, no one bothered me. Tape went in. Sister Janice, huh, Dad? Sister Janice is leading us in worship. And it's crazy. And it's awesome. It's on a cassette tape. And some of you don't even know what that is. And you've been robbed in life. And I would just worship in my room. Come on, do you remember what it was like when God saved you and you couldn't get enough? Come on, go back to those times. Was there ever a moment when you were closer? Was there ever a time in your life where you said, this is too good to keep to myself. I'm bringing someone with me. Oh, pastor, don't start talking about church attendance. I'm not. I'm saying, are you sharing your faith or are you not? You want to know it's really easy, by the way? Because some of us, we probably couldn't. It's hard to like, share our testimony with people and to get them over. Just get them here. I'll go after them. <laughs> you know me by now. Just get them in the room. Listen, you give me lost people in a room. Some of you have never seen another side of me. Get lost people in this room. 
I'll go evangelist like 101. Let's go. I'll scrap the whole service. We'll go the Romans road. We'll see people get saved. We'll bring them down to the front. We'll lay hands on them. We'll see them get baptized. We'll go outside that yard in the front and grab a bucket and baptize them in water and shout for the whole neighborhood. Just bring me lost people. I'll take care of it for you. Listen, just tell me you're going to take them to breakfast and get them lunch. Two meals, one service, all is well. I got the rest. Come on, when was the last time you were excited to get to work to say, hey, I don't care if you believe this or not. Jesus did this in my life. When was the last time? When was there ever a time in your life where you couldn't wait to pray because every time you prayed, oh, and by the way, you asked or you said, God, not my will, but your will be done. And God actually answered a prayer. Come on, when's the last time it happened? Was there ever a moment in your life where you were closer to God than you are right now? I told you, coming straight forward today. Years ago, some of you might know this. They used to do this back in the day. They'd have trucks, like real trucks, made with steel. So there, there's still some around town a little bit. But you know, man, you got your truck, you got your girl. Back in the day, they made trucks where it was a bucket seat all the way across, right? They didn't have that little center divide with all the cool little things. So you'd go pick up, I'm speaking to the guys right now, by the way. You'd go pick up your lady. So we're going for a drive out in the country. <laughs> if you lived in the country, I don't know. <laughs> Live along the coast. We're going to go for a drive along the coast. And you know what it's like. Man, she didn't sit all the way over there. She sat right in the middle. You know, you had your little rifle hanging up in the top, you know, back when you can do that, you know. Anyways, um, so I was in there in the back. Your arm was around. She'd come real close, cuddling while you're driving. Am I, am I speaking to anyone's language? And you guys do that? If not, man, someone lied to you, man. You missed out, okay? Man, you're close. You, one day you marry that young lady, start adding some kids, life's picking up. 20 years later, driving down the road, same truck, Except the, except the wife is all the way over there. My wife is going to kill me when she hears this. But then all of a sudden the wife says, Honey, what happened to us? Remember when we used to get in the truck and go for a drive? And I'd snuggle right next to you and you'd put your arm around me. You'd even sing somewhat decent. <laughs> Baby, what happened? And the guy in all of his wisdom looks over and says, Honey, I didn't move. You did. Look at me. God's saying, I didn't move. You did. God, why? Why, why, why can't I feel you anymore, Lord? God's saying, I, I didn't move. Man, it got quiet in here. Is that because I lowered my voice and started like this little... See, sometimes we don't even realize it, but over a course and a period of time, we move from that center seat. And the next thing we know, there's this distance between us and God. God, where'd you go? You say, I can go nowhere. I've been right here the whole time. 
You, you see what I'm saying? You want to know the really, really great news about this whole idea of spiritual dryness or tackling it or even talking about it? The really cool idea about it all is the fact that if you recognize today that you're spiritually dry and you're distant from God, he's completely willing and able and ready for you to just come right back to where you were. That's how good God is. See, today we don't have to feel the sense of heaviness like, oh my gosh, I'm a loser. I allowed all these things to take place and now I'm distant from God. But listen, if you're here or you're watching online, you know it if you are. You know if you're just going through the motions. You know if you can play church. You know all of that. You know what Monday through Saturday looks like. Only you do. And if you're dry here this morning, or if you've just, man, you're just kind of going through it, but you're not sensing God. And it's not all about a feeling and all about an emotion because those can lie to you, by the way. But listen to me. It's about a disciplined life that says, I am going to stay close to God at all costs. Like, that's my goal. So, let me give you our main thought. And then I'm going to get a little sarcastic and give you five ways we drift from God. And then I'm going to give you five ways that you get back to God. Because you may not be spiritually drifting now, but you might come into that season. So you've got to be able to answer, what do I do when that happens? Amen? Amen. You guys remember, you said you loved me at the beginning, right? You guys remember all that whole part we did? Like, you said it, I said it, we smiled. All right, here's the part I was talking about. You're going to have to follow with me. Write, write this down. Spiritual dryness is a result of drifting. That's all it is. You drift. J Jacob and I and the boys, we went to the beach one time. And um, we had this chair, Tommy Bahama chair. Got it from Costco. A lot of, lot of colors. And they were playing out in the water. And I said, now boys, as you play out in the water and as you boogie board, you got to be careful because the water will kind of take you and will move you, move you down. So as you go out, daddy's going to be right here. Here's the colored chair. Every time you look back, I'm going to put my hand up. But as you go out into the water, I just want you to be careful and realize that you can start to drift without even recognizing it. So what do the boys do? They go out. They're playing in sand. Jacob is, he's covered in like 100 proof sunscreen because if you know Jacob, he needs 100 proof sunscreen screen. And so I could spot him no matter what. He, he's like the top of like, you know, when you go fishing, they have a little bobber. Yeah, when he gets in the water, got him. He's right there. I could see him. Toad head, white skin, good to go. MJ, a little bit different. But I can remember that day as they were in the water, and they were playing, and they were swimming, they were boogie boarding. I saw it, but they didn't see it. And every time they'd go out, and they'd ride a wave in, they'd start to drift just a little bit. Then they'd go back out, then the water, and they'd drift just a little bit. And over time, I could remember the look on both of their faces when they finally looked back into the shore, thinking they were still straight up with me, and they weren't, and they could not find me. Now, I saw them, but they didn't see me. So, I had to, boys! And I lifted my hand. How many of you guys know you know your parents' voice, right? Especially when you're in trouble. Woo-wee! And all of a sudden they looked over. And I remember the first thing MJ said, Man, Dad, I didn't realize I drifted so far. Spiritual dryness is a result of drifting. Okay, now very quick. I want you to take your Bibles, go to Matthew 13, okay? I'm going to breeze through this real quick. Just need 10 more minutes of your time, then we'll end in prayer. I want to take you to a passage, a passage of Scripture of Jesus. I want to show you 
something, and then I'm going to give you those five things, okay? All right. So Jesus here is talking about a sower who goes out, and he's sowing seed. You've heard this story before. He's sowing seed so that he can get a harvest later on. As he's throwing out seed, some of it is falling on the path. Some of it is falling among the thorns. Some of it is falling on good soil. Some of it is falling and the birds are coming and they're taking it away. Very familiar story. Within this story, we can begin to see how drifting and how these things begin to happen, okay? So Jesus is, he's saying to his listeners who are listening to him that, that there's these four scenarios. And one of these, if not a couple of them, explains you and where you are with God. It explains if you're drifting, so to speak. All right, so it says in verse 19, Matthew 13, 19. When anyone hears the word of, of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and he snatches it away and what was sown in his heart. This is he who received by the wayside. Okay, if I could be honest. Again, here's that part I was talking about where I'm going to be sarcastic and a little, okay? This will be the reality of believers all across the world today if they're not careful. The word of God or what God has put on the heart in their pastor to speak to their church. This could happen very, very easily. Now, I don't think it's going to happen in this church because you guys are good. You're cool like that. But this happens all across. God's word, the seed will be sown and many, they will discount it if it doesn't fit their life at the moment or if it presses up against something they're not willing to confront or if they're not actively listening. God's word will be preached and it will be like the seed that fell on the wayside. They'll go away from church, by the way, which is a commandment of the Lord. Pastor, don't tell. I'm not. God is. Be in church. If you're sick in body, thanks for joining us online. We're in church. We're believers. Unpopular messages today, I'm going to keep on saying it. They will go out the same way they came in if they don't press into God's word. Okay? All right. Verse 20. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word immediately, receives it with joy. Now look at verse 21. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Okay? These are the ones that hear the word of God and go, oh my gosh, that's me. You ever been in a service like that before? You ever been in the service where you're like, I think that pastor knows everything I did this week because he's literally saying it and I don't know how he knows it. You ever been there before? I, I have. I'm like, how in the Lord? Lord? Right? But all of a sudden though, if you're being real and honest, God's speaking to you. And all of a sudden, there's this thing within you that says, you know what? Maybe even like today, I don't want to be spiritually dry anymore. I want to know God on an intimate level. I want to experience, man, I'm, I can't wait. I'm so excited about this. God got my number. He knows what he's talking. Ah, ah, ah. Get all full of joy, like it says, right? But for a little while, and then boom, something happens and the joy goes away. 
You get a bad report. The car breaks down. The bill is huge. Your job lets you go. The guy or girl breaks up with you. And all of a sudden, that joy of wanting to hear God's word and do God's word because of a tribulation. Jesus spoke about this. Because of a problem. It all goes away. That's what Jesus is saying. Instead of living with that passion, you fall away because of a problem. That's the rocky ground that Jesus is talking about. Okay, carry on. Verse 22. Now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. All right, what is Jesus saying here? Okay, Jesus is saying we allow life to choke out God's word. Okay, we get preoccupied. Look at your neighbor and say preoccupied. You get busy. Okay, here we go. You know, I'm a student and I've got to work hard and not getting in so much debt and I've got to study really hard so God will understand. Or, or, here we go, I just got married. Any newlyweds? Close? Yep. I just got married and we're newlyweds and we're, we're trying to figure this thing out but he squeezes the toothpaste wrong. She puts the ketchup in the refrigerator we kissed a little bit too much and now there's babies on the way. Um, we, we needed a house, so we got a house. Now we have a mortgage. And now we have the cars. And now I've got to get a minivan because the kids want to play sports. And the minivan was her idea, but she's making me drive it. Another kid's coming. Now we got strollers. I, I, I just... I, I, I know, God, yes, your word. Okay, yes, do. But I'm so preoccupied. Jesus spoke of that. Come on, we've all been there. Oh my goodness, right? And the things of the world, they, they choke out the real important stuff. In our men's group, one of the things that I've really appreciated I love doing it in person, but it just fits, it fits the men of our church better to do on Zoom because of how spread out we are. So I, it's, it's cool. I, love, I, like, I like face-to-face. But I've been so impressed to hear some of the men that have lived life, and I say it that way so I don't call them old, and that way they don't look at me wrong. Because I don't think anyone's old. Old is just an opinion. Um, but one of the things that have really impressed me are those that have been serving God for a long time, and when they look back, they say, I, I could see some of the things that got in the way of what was really important. In other words, the thorns. It's been inter interesting to watch. And in life, man, I tell you, that, that one thing right there, life. Can I just make a bold statement that you might disagree with? You're as busy as you choose to be. Because everybody can say yes, and everybody can say no. Matter of fact, do that. Say, say no. no. Come on, louder. Say no. no. Look at that. You did it. I've had to learn this. Sometimes you have to say no, and you will disappoint people. You're only one human being with the same amount of hours as everyone else. 
but you are as busy as you choose to be. So you have to focus on what matters most and don't allow the thorns to choke out God's word, God's plan, and God's purpose over your life. It's that important as Nate comes. Now, Jesus here, he just puts it straight out there. When it comes to his word, his ways of life, his purpose, are you on the wayside? Are you in the thorns? Are you allowing the birds to come and to pick up the seed and just take off with it? Or are you the good soil? I put this in my notes because I want you guys to know I believe in you. So you can come check them later if you want. Those of you online, you have to come back on Sunday or I can email them to you. I put in my notes, I said, for our church, I, I believe you all got great soil. I really do. But for some of us, maybe we don't. For some of us, maybe we have drifted. Let me give you five quick things so you can know if you drifted. Number one is you neglect daily time with God. Let me give you bad advice. If you want to drift from God, neglect Him. Again, this is bad advice. Sometimes I don't like being online because someone can probably take that and, you know, manipulate me. Bad advice. Neglect time with God. Make God your number two. Make Him your afterthought. Make Him when you've got everything else done. If you want to drift spiritually, just neglect time with God altogether. I'm telling you, it, it'll work. Let me give you some, some more bad news, some, some bad advice. Don't read your Bible, ever. Just don't read it. Don't, don't, don't worship. Be distracted the whole time. Look at the lights. I know sometimes we're, we are a little loud. It gets loud in here sometimes. It's that guy's fault. I get it. We're working on it. Be distracted by that. Be distracted by your phone. If you want to spiritually drift, please don't, don't ever worship. Just don't do it. Can you guys sense my sarcasm? Okay, good. Matter of fact, if we're, if we're going to say don't even, don't even go to church. Just don't. Do you know the average Christian American now goes to church one time a month? Brand new stat. Did you know that 70% of those who went to church twice a month before COVID have stopped going altogether? Look around. It's happened in our church, churches all across the world. If you want to, listen, if you want to drift, don't come to church. Nah. Don't get involved. Don't use your gifts. Don't pray. Don't seek God. And by all means, please do not ever discipline yourself to go on a fast. Don't do it. I know I'm being a little facetious here, but that's the reality, huh? If you ever spiritually drifted from God, do you realize that all of those things right there, you probably did in one way, shape, or form? I, I know I have. Listen, I'm not speaking anything I haven't lived. Just went through it. Can I have a pastor moment here? You, some, one, like one person said yes. Can, can I just have a little pity party here for a moment? This happened just this week. So I'm going I'm to get in my pity a little bit. And then you guys are going to yell at me to suck it up, buttercup, and get over it. All right? 
Why is it if a doctor tells us that we should do A, B, C, and D to get better that we don't usually have a complaint other than we sometimes don't want to do it because it's healthy or the right thing to do? We don't fully get mad at them. Why do we not get mad at teachers for teaching us things that we need to know? Why, why, why do we not get bad or get upset at coaches coaching us to be better? But the minute a pastor says, hey, do this, people got issues. That's so funny to me. It's really an attack of the enemy. I realize that for what it is. Pastor, don't you tell me I need to be in church. Whoa. Tell me I need to fix my marriage. Don't, don't tell me how to raise my kids. What I should do with my money, my time. Here's the great news. I never have. Look at me, <laughs> please. I never have. Jesus said it. God's word said it. I'm okay when people get mad at me. That's fine. I'd like to think I'm a big boy. But I get so flabbergasted sometimes when I want to help someone push closer to God that they get upset. Anyways, say, Pastor, suck it up. Thank you. Just an observation. You probably shouldn't get mad at those that are trying to get the best out of you. Especially if it stems from God. It's good for you. Number two, we surround ourselves with the wrong people. Hey-o. It's a tricky one, right? I'm talking about those that we allow to have influence in our lives. Doesn't mean you can't be around lost people. I'm not saying that, but you should be influencing them some way. But the ones that you are taking advice from, the Bible is very clear. 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Other translation, good character. It's funny how the bad affects you, yet you're the good. God knows. You can spiritually drift by having the wrong people. Uh, number three, we give in to temptation. The Bible says in James 1.14, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires, his own desires, his own. De We're only tempted by the things we really like, not the things we don't. So sometimes we don't deal with them and enticed. But then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Temptation not dealt with will always lead to death. Not just death of your physical body, death of your spirituality. I drift from God when I give in to temptation. Uh, listen, we've always said with every struggle, find a scripture. Let me give you a new phrase. For every vice, there's a verse. Anything that's got you gripped, God's word says something about it. So you got to find your verse. Don't give in to temptation. I know I joked about it, but you know, sin's fun. Someone say I disagree, to which I would say, well, then you weren't doing it right. <laughs> sin's fun, guys. Listen, it's okay to admit, yeah, 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 that was fun. You wouldn't have done it in the first place if it wasn't fun. But the Bible's clear. What does it do? It leads to death. You drift when you give in to temptation. Number four, we fall in love with the pleasures of this world. Notice the word, fall in love with the pleasures. God is okay 
with you having things that you like, but you don't fall in love with them. And you don't drift from God to go after them. Does that make sense? When you start picking up extra work and not surrounding yourself within the body of Christ or in church, hear me, this is where I say I'm going to push a little bit. Here's the great news. There, there is church on Sunday. There's different ways to do church throughout the week. But once a week, you need to be in church. Do you hear me? So when you say, I'll take that extra shift, okay, then you need to pivot your schedule and get into church throughout the week. Give God that day. It's his day. Please don't look at me that way. It's his day. But you know why people do that? Because they're trying to get more and more and more, or they don't know how to budget. So they got to keep working. They got to keep taking over time. I know there's a lot of ins and outs of this deal, but hear me, you know it. It's because you just want more instead of, I just want God. God fulfills everything anyways. All right, number five, we fake it. If you want to spiritually drift, just fake it. Fake like everything's okay. Fake it like you got it all going on. When somebody asks you how you're doing, oh, bro, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. But you're really not. Anybody ever fought with their spouse on the way to church? Maybe I should use a different word. You ever just been in a disagreement on the way to church? I realize the word fight sometimes can invoke a lot of different things. You ever just been like nitpicking at each other on the way to church? Oh, that's brutal. Especially if you're a guy. You wanna know why? Because the scripture talks about if you're at odds with your wife that God can't hear your prayer. Man, this guy's got it rough. Man, ladies, y'all need to just give us a break, man. God's not even listening to our prayers if we're at odds with you. I'm, I know I'm being, but hear me. Man, but many, oh, hallelujah, these are good, brother. No, it's not. <laughs> she won't even look at you right now, man. What are you talking about? See what I'm saying? So we fake it. Day, someone sends you a text message. How you doing? Oh, man, I'm not quite sure I should respond to that right now. If I respond like how I'm really doing, man, that might, whew. I'm good. No, you're not. Come on, stop faking it. Is there a reason why God put us in the body of Christ? It's so that when things are struggling, we have some help and some hope and some prayer partners. Or we have someone that just says, hey, pop in the truck and let's go for a drive. It's powerful stuff. Those are five ways that you can spiritually drift. Now, I know it's 1145, and I know I've been going for 43 minutes, which is not usually my custom, but I've got five more points for you. But it's okay. Watch how quick this goes. So, how do we fill ourselves? We protect our time with God daily. That's God's time. We surround ourselves with the right people. Right people matter. We run from temptation. Everyone say run. You run. We fall in love with serving others. Serving and helping people. Number five, we value and we strive for authenticity. That's just really the opposite of the first five things. That's all you got to do. Protect your time with God. Every day. That's me and God's time. If you're a calendar person, put them in your calendar. Make an appointment with God. No one else gets to touch it. 
Why? So I can fill myself up. God, stay full. Why? I'm a leaky vessel. God, stay full. Amen. Amen. Stand your feet. You guys are awesome. I thought when I was making my notes this week, man, some of y'all were going to throw stuff at me. And I figured you weren't going to have like tomatoes and apples and stuff, so I didn't know if iPads or phones were going to be coming my way or... That's true. Oh, ushers, watch that side right there. God said, can these dry bones live? Yeah, they can live. Because God's going to put his spirit in you. Feel dry this morning? He's going to fill you. It's just a moment of saying, God, I'm dry. Like the book of Ezekiel, man, it's, it's a dry desert. I just feel like those dried up bones, Lord. Not excited about your word. Church is optional. Helping people, using my gifts. You need to be filled. And here's the great thing about God. God will do it. I can't do it. I can only point you to the one who can. That's why sometimes when I preach, I got no pressure. If a person's going to get saved, it has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with God and the Holy Spirit. I just got to put the invitation out there. If I speak on being spiritual dry, I can't feel you, but I can point you to the one who can, and he can feel you. Oh, that's so freeing. There's sometimes too where I got to receive exactly what I'm preaching. Did you know that? Oh, man. God will fill you. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes?